In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by the Age of Captain Crunchy. Welcome in to episode 50 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage. I am Chase, obviously not Captain Crunchy, because I am far and away from 50. Far and away is probably a uh, bit of an overstatement. I am Nick, and I know I'm farther than either one of you from 50, so... That is a true statement, unfortunately. Although not that much further. How far are you away from 50, Captain? Seven years. No, that's not. An eternity. Yes, it is. You went 14? Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, 13 in two months, but I'm going to round up to 14. (laughs) Take it while you can get it. Look, we're not not less than two years old anymore. You don't have to count the months. I don't think I act like uh, your typical (laughs) 43-year-old. That's got to count for something. You You don't. I played an hour and 10 minute soccer game this week with no breaks. Take a three away from the four, put a one in front of it. (laughs) I can't do that math, but it sounds. uh, It's about 14. Hey, you have uh, new headphones. Yes, I do. I don't think those are new, though. They're not not brand new, no, but um, my children have monkeyed with my other headphones, so. They look like fancy, uh, like what football players wear, the, you know, the uh, tunes. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, oh, yeah. The Beats, Beats by Beats, Dre. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They're Beats by Dre knockoffs because the <laughs> podcast has not made me wealthy or famous enough to no. afford Beats by Dre. I can't even afford headphones. I'm, I'm thrown off by how headphoneless close your finger is to the pulse of technology, David. Yeah. Well, look, we are. Uh, this is episode 50, also known as Hyperdrive episode <laughs> of the Gospel Friends. Almost guaranteed to almost, be the shortest episode ever. Um, I have 29 minutes. And then I have to leave, whatever you guys want to do, because I have to go visit my mother. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day weekend. And my mom. And Chase's mom. And I have been cutting grass at the Hall of Dogma Church all morning. If this was video, people could see that I'm covered in grass. Two of you look mighty clean. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. Soccer game was awesome. I have been working the uh, electronic issue on the inside of the Hall of Dogma Church. Did you get that figured out, Chase? We're, uh, I got the lift here. That's, oh, that's, that's true. Every, massive uh, lift. Every great war needs a general to direct the uh, strategy. We need to move very quickly, but I, I, do want to, I do want to point out, since we tend to do this on the podcast, that uh, you manage at every church workday to find a very large project that needs to be dealt with and deal with it. And it takes you away from the and it takes you away from the church hours. for multiple hours. I would like to point out that every Saturday you are covered in grass in some way or another, <laughs> and I'm not just talking about the kind you cut. Wow! Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Dang! Say no more. Well, anyway, speaking Marijuana. of being, speaking of being covered, mom, in, dad, please don't fight. Pe- speaking of being covered in stuff. Uh, oh boy, this sounds like a great introduction. To yeah, something we're gonna edifying. before we Am get I into have to edit this this early. No, no, no. Sounds okay. Right, number one, what, what's the? We're, we're gonna have one main topic for today, correct? Yeah. Yes, and it is should social Christians media smoke weed no. like David. <laughs> okay. Actually, that is probably a question that Christians would like to hear us tackle I if i if i had a nickel for every time i was asked that question i have been asked that question frequently i recently. have too i have too should christians be against yeah but that's not 
on uh, topic for today. We're going to actually talk about social media. The answer media, to that right? question oh. is the same as it legal in your state. Moving on. Ooh. Well, Nick just gave his answer. I hear that opinion. <laughs> Nick, so if not was... John Piper Jenkins. Nope, not a bit. John Piper just rolled around a bit. He's not uh, dead. On his easy chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were trying to age Mr. Piper close. like David was trying hey, to age you. Mr. Mr. Piper is one of my heroes. I know he's not dead yet. In a few moments, we're going to have a discussion on social media. I, I'm, I'm down with that. Something about that. But before we do that, we're going to talk about an article from the New York Post. I have seen this article. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because my wife sent it to me. So my wife emailed this to me. I'm not exactly sure if she emailed it to me because she thought it would be good fodder for the show or if she's concerned. But then I've seen a couple of people post it. I think Chris Land, who's a listener to the show. Um, good, solid fellow. Posted this. Uh, but New York Post, um, essentially, uh, and this has been all over, um, a, uh, the, let's read you the beginning of the article. The hipster beard revolution may still be a thing. Hmm. Uh, which all three of us at this table have beards, although they're not hipster beards. What's Correct. the difference? I think the hipster beards are kind of the longer. Oh, yes, yes. We do have some hipster beards uh, sprouting up here at the Hall of Dogma Church. And okay. I do mean sprouting. They're growing. They're growing. Such. Yeah. Yes, okay. Going a little wild, really. But, but a shocking new study has warned that facial hair could be dirtier than your toilet. According to a group of microbiologists in New Mexico, the rancid bacteria that beards collect could put owners at health risk. Um, and so apparently this, uh, these microbiologists out of New Mexico did a study where they randomly swabbed men's beards, random men, and then they tested the swabs, and they found out that the bacteria that men are carrying on their beards is very similar to the bacteria that you would find in the inside of a toilet. Well, my understanding is that there, at least 30% of men actually use their beards to clean their toilets. <laughs> oh, which yes. would – do you do that? I don't. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm in the 70% that avoids that. Um, now, we don't have a toilet brush at the moment, but um, don't I, use your beard. I prefer to use my wife's toothbrush to hey, handle that. Oh, that's good for the detail work. Yeah, that, that, that'll, that gets up underneath yeah. the uh, – Happy Mother's Day, Allison. I say that to Allison because my wife is um, anti her toothbrush doing anything except brushing her teeth. Well, duh. Well, no, see, so if I ever accidentally used her toothbrush or did it on purpose because I couldn't find mine, she will never touch it again. That's disgusting. You that use she, other people's toothbrushes? Well, my wife's. D gross. That's no. not gross. You're, we're married. Well, what about her Q-tips? Do you use those no. when they're done? Okay, <laughs> no. then. Don't use her dadgum toothbrush. I have picked one up off the counter before, and it looked clean on one side, so I went ahead and used it. I'd, I'm not surprised. Are you sure you don't clean your toilet with your beard? <laughs> I don't. Because you sound like you're that type of guy. So these microbiologists say that the problem for us men is that we don't wash our hands and we twirl the hairs in our beard. Mm. Or some of us may rub our faces when we are you know, thinking because we have a nervous twitch. I'm looking at you. Yeah, and I'm not rubbing my face. And you know, you're not right now, but you do that a lot. Yeah, but I also wash my hands a lot. In That's fact, true, even during worship, I am the Barry Bonds of washing my hands a lot. Did you hear that? You, no. You, I, you, oh, you missed it last did. week. Did you listen to the show? Thirty seconds. Chase in the middle of worship with the worship band playing, um, and his podium standing. You know how it's in the middle of the worship band. It's not in the middle of the worship. He band. walked. I, I took he picture. walked up. Okay. 
to to his podium, and I thought he was about to stop the service for prayer. Got three pumps of Germex and went and sat back down in the middle of worship. Okay, here's why I did that. I was sick last week, and people kept True coming story. up to me and shaking my hand, trying to shake my hand and stuff. And I was like, "Man, I'm gonna get somebody sick." Because you know how it is when you're one of the pastors. You're really worship, not. You want to know why? Because we have immunities. Because we don't bathe in Germex every three hours. Well, I get sick less than y'all. Did y'all see the people that got on uh, Facebook this week and commented that they they had actually had their eyes burned out by the Germex here before because you had replaced it with pure rubbing alcohol? I saw that. And what do you think is in hand wash? It's alcohol. It's an active ingredient. So somebody said that they went to they went to squirt. They went to pump the Germex one day, and it. Rubbing alcohol shot out into their eye. Yeah, somebody <laughs> did say that. Shout out to you, Christy. So Sorry anyway, about that, but you're welcome for preventing you from getting pink eye, which is exactly what I did there. So I, I think we should have people come in and test our beards to see which ones are the dirtiest. That's a good plan. You know what I did this week after I read that article, which I also saw? You shaved? Nope. I bathed my beard in alcohol. <laughs> did you really? That is a true story. So you saw this article and you bathed your beard. I yep. knew that you I wash like my it. beard every day, and I often, I often wash it during the day because I'm very aware that it could be a harbor uh, or of germs. Harbor. Right, real quick, got to ask you a question. Shoot. If you knew, and then we're going to move on, if you knew that your beard had toilet bacteria on it mm-hmm. at, at a given moment, and the only th- you went to the bathroom to wash it, and the only thing there to wash your beard with was a sponge and soap, would you use the sponge? Nope. Okay. Let me tell you something about fecal coliform. <laughs> Thank you for that callback. <laughs> Let me tell you something about fecal coliform bacteria. It's almost inevitable in everyday life. Anytime you flush your toilet, you can't see it. A gigantic yeah, plume of bacteria sprays up it gets and in sprays your beard. on you. And if you have your to- toothbrush anywhere near your toilet, that sucker is coated with that stuff. I brush my teeth on the toilet. Is that bad? Uh, that's that's really bad. Okay. But like, you know what's worse than it? You know what's on worse? On the toilet or while sitting on no, the I mean, toilet? While sitting on the toilet. What's I don't worse? Hopefully your mouth is clean. I don't really. I'm you know. just kidding. I'm trying to I'm, trying I'm sorry. To go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's worse than a toilet is a kitchen sink. It's yes, like 100 times know. more germy. Oh, gosh. And you have a – I only brought that up because you have a – um, life vendetta against sponges. Sponges are the worst things you can have. So. You filthy people out there that have sponges. For, for those listening, That's Chase will show. things. If you invite Chase over, if you invite Chase over to your house and he sees a sponge on your sink, he will, when you're not looking, throw it away. I hope to. I hope to do that. I hope to. That would be my service. This came up in a sermon one time, did it not? I think it came up on the show in the very early. Okay, because I was. I could have sworn or faith today or something. The thing like I'm that. most concerned about so far is that you actually know the word fecal coliform bacteria or whatever that he knows this i knew that he would have already seen this article and it would have bothered him the thing i'm really concerned about is that chase is now an advocate for techdiamond.com as seen on oprah's tv show what no which is a little weird well uh ca thompson just emailed me uh david my wife samuel michael Hey, how about that's not me? Look at the address that it's from. I, I see C.A. Thompson. I know. That is somebody that has hijacked my identity because I got it earlier this week. It so, also came you, to your me. Your identity has is, been stolen? No, it's not. It's kind of a complicated sort of thing. But I think this is, I think this is one of Chase's throwaway addresses is what not. I think. All right. We're going to move away from this discussion for time. a moment, and let's talk about social media and the impact we can have on explaining to people the dangers of bacteria in their beards yes. through podcasting. Social media <laughs> has been proven to be the number one That was way the weakest tie that I've ever seen. <laughs> Segway. To warn people <laughs> about fecal coliform bacteria and other threats to their hygiene. 
And so today we wanted to have a discussion <laughs> of how Christians can warn non-Christians, atheists, Mormons, Muslims. I'm pulling the plug on the Creflo Dollarins about David's hygiene in the, in the issues. <laughs> Tell lead, us more, lead Chase. Us, lead us, Chase. Lead okay. us. All right. This is the part where we get a little more serious. And, and Probably only, not. But we only have 20 effort. minutes, so we have to focus here. Okay, so this week, the last two weeks, I have been captivated by what I think is going to be the next big thing in social media. And it is the, uh, it is the video broadcasting tool called Periscope, which has been bought and launched by Twitter. It started out its own thing. Twitter bought it. It was uh, launched at the end of Mar- March. It's now a top. 30 app in the iTunes store, and I think it's going to, like I said, I think it's going to be the next big thing. It may not be. I could be wrong, but I think it's going to be the next big thing, and I want to be all over it from the get-go. What, and this is not a discussion about Periscope, but if you give so me what I hear you saying is you're a trend follower. Mm. Maybe. And, okay. and, and actually, that's a fair question to ask uh, in a few moments when we get into the meat of this topic. Should Christians be trend followers in the tech realm. And I, I'm, I'm open to the answer to that. But like true story, I'm jumping all over Periscope. I'm trying to uh, make something out of it. I think it's an amazing What thing. is it exactly? It is like a broadcasting app where essentially you press a button in Periscope and it will allow you – it posts to your Twitter and it posts on Periscope and people can log on instantly and view what you're viewing. Now, you can actually have the camera. Wait, what's your, what's your – whatever your if, phone is showing. Whatever your phone is showing, either yourself talking or whatever you're looking at. And the first one Does I Does it allow did, you to flip at random? It allows you to okay. flip, yeah. It allows so you, you could do flip. a little mini on-the-ground news this is Chase Thompson live in Pinson with huh, the, exactly. Well, that's kind of interesting. The Butterbean Riots or whatever. The Butterbean yes, Riots, precisely. And we used Periscope for the show last week. That's pretty very briefly. We ended up having uh, 327 people watch. Very few of them watched for a very long time. But we actually had one guy, Bo Hicks. Shout out to you, uh, who who joined us in the Hall of Dogma after watching that, and we Welcome had some Bo. new subscribers to the show. Uh, Good last, job on American Idol. Last too. week was the number two Sunday. We ever had no. for uh, I'm sorry the Taylor number two Hicks. Monday we yeah. ever had for downloads of the show. Anyway, bottom line, the I whole thing. Uh, speaking of social media, you're dinging there. I Nicholas. am. Um, the, the whole thing uh, with Periscope has gotten me thinking. Good old handoff, macOS. <laughs> how deeply should Christians be invested in social media? I have some very good friends that are mature Christians that eschew. Social media in every form, no Google+, Plus, no Facebook, that whatever. They just consider it too shallow for a mature Christian. So the first question I have for you guys as the technology panel today is, what role should social media have in the life of somebody who desires to be a godly, mature Christian? Can I ask a little bit of a clarifying, too shallow for a true Christian? Can you elaborate on that just a little? Because well, I'm about to fly all over that sentence. I am. I am not of Calm that down, mindset. Dude. Calm down. But I know people, and you know people too, that believe it is essentially a waste of time. Uh, you know. You know. And and some of the facts back it up. You, you, so many of the affairs that happen today, even in Christian marriages, are initiated on Facebook. And yeah. it's not a bad thing to say. Or it's 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 not. Uh, it's not immediately refutable to say that Christians shouldn't be involved in it because there's so much danger there. 
So that's my question to you guys. What role should what role, if any, should social media have in the life of somebody who desires to passionately pursue Christ? So the 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 thing that came to my mind was um, the the old Mark Driscoll um, little formula he used to use. It was uh, can it uh, accept it, reject it, or redeem it? You know when you when you kind of approach anything. Who is this? Uh, Mark? A guy named Mark Driscoll. He's kind of an up and coming pastor oh, in okay. Seattle. Okay. He's got a little bit of a website. Doesn't have a church right now, but um, you know, maybe one maybe, day. Maybe oh, maybe wow. one day. No, you know, kind of that. We're joking, by the way. We are joking. So um, you know, there are things that you could come across and just immediately, it's good. It can be embraced, accept it. There are things that. Um, for to me, for Christians, you just must reject. There, there is no you can't accept it, and there is no redeeming of it. I would say, porn is would you know, for me fall in that category. You can't accept for everybody. It. Yeah, you can't accept it, and there is no way to redeem it for Christian purposes. Uh, but if there are things that you can use, uh, maybe they were intended for bad or not intended for uh, promoting the kingdom of God, but you could redeem it for that. Uh, then do so, and and, I, and I've always found that to be pretty wise and helpful. When it comes to social media, I would not, you know, I would not for someone who just has that conviction. I don't think I should be on it. So waste of time. I can't redeem it in my life. It's not useful. I wouldn't argue with them, but I also would not accept that. That's a blanket statement for all Christians. I do think social media is something that can be accepted in some circles. Good, um, keeping families close. Um, I mean, I have I have friends who have family members in in other countries, and they can just text with them, and um, they have apps where they can just you know communicate. That's amazing. It's a gift. I think it's great. Um, and then I think there is a way to redeem social media for the glory of God, and I think it's okay to do that. Yeah. I, again, I keep I I kind of honed in on your statement. I, I've always liked Driscoll's um, kind of. Accept it, reject it, redeem it. Idea. Um, I just i i have a str- i have a hard time whenever on non obvious issues when people say it is of no use. Period. For and then when they throw out the the big words like true Christian, that just that kind of raises ire for me because you know it puts almost a biblical precedent on something that I just I don't think you can draw one to one comparison between things in the word and I, I'm I'm going to take a step further. I think. Christians have a responsibility to use social media. Not every Christian. I don't think every person has to do it. Again, I think if you have a personal conviction, just, you know, it's not good for you, then don't. But I think in general, Christians have a responsibility to shine the light of Christ, reach their community for the gospel, and to ignore social media would be to ignore um, the primary communication channel of 2015. And I think that would be a detriment. I think Christians must engage the world in through social media. Well, let me ask as a you whole. this. All of us are avid users of social media. What yeah, you are, are getting a pretty star. That's yeah. perspective on this show. I am. What are the risks? Well, we can't invite the people who are against social media on a podcast <laughs> Well, well, this podcast that would technically be, social media. Not so. I mean, it, I guess not. it depends. It's certainly shared through social media. What are the risks of a 2015 Christian being on social media? 
How can we the, overdo it? The same risks I have at work or hanging out with my friends who hang out at a bar or, you know, hanging out with my buddies who play cards on the weekends or the same hang out with my buddies who play too many video games. Um, it, it can put you in precarious situations. It can, it can um, elevate things that are not the best things over the things that are. But, you know, I know guys who um, fish to the detriment of their families, their selves, their relationship with God, their ministries. Um, and I know people who redeem the same thing. As it's a relationship-building tool with, with people. And so the risks are the same as all of those things. Um, I think the thing that may make this a little bit more um, prevalent is because you have access to multiple social networks in your pocket, um, on your computer, and just you have more access to them more quickly. And some of there's this idea that it's so easy to hide what you're doing on there. And I, I understand why people say that, but you know, I mean, how many, just kind of speaking real for just a second, I mean, how many guys have affairs on business trips and you know, that's pretty easy to hide as well. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think you're right in that. To me, it doesn't. Um, it's not as if you're protected if you're not on social media yeah. or if you are on social media. I, you know, is the risk greater if you're on social media? Uh, you know, I don't know. I might could go along with that kind of statement. I think it. I think it opens up different doors that otherwise maybe would not be there. One of the things I can, that social I can give you different doors. One of the I can't give you more. Data. No, no, no. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would agree that it's it. it it adds to the danger. I, again, I might could be convinced of that. Um, but I do think it opens up different avenues. It allows people, social media does allow people to kind of create their own image because, I mean, you could post a, you know, you could post your own profile picture and, uh, you know, hmm. um, make make yourself out to look like what you wanted, you know, to look like or build your profile, as, as some people say, build your profile to enhance your greater or your what you consider to be your greatest characteristics cuz so you can kind of build that online it allows you to do something that you really can't do just necessarily sitting down face to face with someone and i think it does open up there's something about uh, communication over the internet there is something about communication over the internet that causes people to drop their guard I think you see it when people communicate with each other. I think people are more apt to be um, uh, they're more apt to be mean, angry, bitter online, critical, N- critical. I think now that I'll wholeheartedly. Agree. I, I think yeah. it, you it allows you to type things that you probably wouldn't say face to face necessarily, or people can read tone into what you're saying that's not there, or that's you can what I create a tone um, that maybe you wouldn't use in public, and it. It does open up doors of opportunity for people to get into relationships or communication, dialogue, chats that they wouldn't have face-to-face. So I think there's different doors and different avenues of danger, and I would wholeheartedly support someone who realizes social media is a detriment to them for one reason or another, and, and they've decided to pull away from it. But I wouldn't say that has to be true for all people. Um, That's good. I would say that I, I want to touch on something you just brought up there, David. I would say that a couple of the of, of dangers that I can have with it and that I've observed is I have a tendency 
to do what you guys are doing right now, which is be in social settings and look check at my the phone. text messages. Yeah, yeah. Every now and then, you mean I'll, check the text messages you sent us while we. Well, were I mean, yeah, just but just in generally speaking, every now and then I will set my phone down and look around yes. and observe how many people are on their their phone. Yes, and it reminds me. Look, I need to keep this thing up a little more and be in the moment and not worry about what's going on with Twitter, Facebook, email, text. Uh, or, or whatever. I, I don't think you need to be totally disconnected, but far too often, I think people that are into social media don't don't run the risk of being totally disconnected. I think they run the risk of not being in the moment, not paying attention to the person in front of you. So you said that to me one time. It stuck with me. I think you were kidding. You may have been serious kidding. We were at a baseball game with our families. There was a fireworks show, and I was taking a video of the fireworks show. And you said, "Live in the moment, McConnell." And, uh, you know, but that is I think that's a great point. Um, I've uh, you know, I've said this before on the show. I've made a habit recently of trying to look around at restaurants as people are out eating. Do that sometime. Put your phone down. Look around at tables where families are eating together. I have seen moms and dads on their phones not talking. I have seen the entire family on some type of eye device not talking at a restaurant at at a dinner where is a place where usually you can have really good family communication. Um, I, I have tried to make the habit of starting to leave my phone in the car when we go to eat. I need to have times where I set this down and move away from it to a completely different room because if it is in my pocket or in my hand, I will just – I do it without even thinking. It's like if this is in my hand or on me somewhere, I am liable to just pick it up, look at it without even thinking about it. Yeah, all of us have uh, that problem. And – I do think people get worried when we're out. People are focused on, oh, I need to tweet about this. Oh, mm-hmm. I need to do a good Facebook status here. Oh, I need to get the perfect Instagram shot for my and, – and they miss the moment. They miss that moment of just being there and allowing it to be in their memory because we're too busy trying to figure out how to capture it for social media. Yeah. So th- th- I think there are dangers there and, and that we have to just police ourselves, but I don't think we throw the baby out with the bathwater and just say – it's not redeemable or not useful. Yeah, good word. Well, let me throw out a provocative statement, and then, again, okay. I'm going to circle back to something you said, David, that I think it's very important. Here's my provocative statement. Husbands and wives, you should not have any secrets from one another, um, p- almost period. In other words, you should know each other's social media passwords. You should look at each other's phones frequently. You should check emails. There's, you know, we are one now. Now, you guys might disagree completely with what I'm where I'm going with this, but uh, the two have become one as far as marriage goes. And I do not spy on my wife or go check up on her or whatever. But at the same time, we have a computer in the in the living room. Her social media account is open. Mine is open at all times. Our emails are open. We look at each other's phone or whatever. I tend to think when you start getting into wanting to keep things private from your spouse, you're in dangerous realms, especially when you're keeping social media things private from your spouse. Agree or disagree? Agree. This is where you put a coherent sentence together and (laughs) commute. Oh, there's an injury. (laughs) Do I see blood? Is that a concussion, David? Ow! How should hosts behave towards one another in a real-life podcast situation? Well, that's something that's going to have to remain for another day. I guess so. I understand the idea there. Um, 
I'm always the other side of the coin guy a lot. Um, the access, yes, but I think if you have to do weekly social media, are you cheating on me? Are you looking? Oh, at yeah, I'm not advocating che- that. Well, but, but that's what I'm afraid it could become for folks. That in, in almost this. Oh, Dave, are you okay? I'm good. Yes. Fine. Okay. David just crossed his arms and kind of sat back like, hmm. no. um, looks injured. Yeah. He's maybe his ego. No, it's too big. Um, he can be damaged. It can be? Yeah. I thought you liked the Hulk. That's no moon. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm just afraid you get to the point where it becomes a <laughs> almost, are you cheating on me? It, it's not an, it's not a standing with one another. It almost becomes a, well, what were you doing? On your phone, and I don't know. That's yeah, that's my concern. There could be with some. I, there's probably. I think people that are doing that, that would like, you know, it, I, I agree with you in theory. Like I agree with you. I mean, it, it, I think that's the wisest path. As a matter of fact, if I'm doing pre-marriage counseling, I don't even. I I, I counsel couples to not have separate checking accounts. I I just don't. I think you need to learn how to be one, and 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 I I think that from checking accounts to. Um, I know all of Allison's passwords. She knows all of mine. It's kind of a running joke in our house that she actually will usually get up in the morning and drink a cup of coffee and read all my email. And she says her email is boring. And so, um, by the way, if y'all ever send me anything you don't want her to see, you probably need to send it to that other email account that I mentioned to y'all. But um, that was a joke. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to play it off seriously. Well, but other people might think I was the hidden serious. David at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm running through the, what I think the name of the account would be. <laughs> I, th- funny. I think the, I, I think that's the wisest course of action, but it's almost at the same time. Like if you feel like you have to have that, there's probably some underlying trust issues. That's, there anyway. that's my concern. I guess, so it's but. kind of that we do it, but it's not necessarily because we think we have to, it's just part of what we do as a, as a, as one. Yeah, for the record, Lisa checks my email. Same kind of deal. Like, if she needs to find out about scheduling stuff, she'll often check to do the church calendar. She'll often look at my email just so because she, so she's sure that, yeah. no offense, that somebody's forgotten to send her something. And usually I'm almost those emails. And so, I mean, I, I get the principle, but I'm just afraid it becomes a, hey, you, you changed your passcode and you didn't tell me what it was. Da, da, da. If yeah. there has been an issue in the past in the relationship where trust was broken, mm. it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a must. There to me it is there it, it to rebuild that that is just an that is a must in in that relationship yeah that everything cool. is open. It might be a deeper discussion for another day. What role does privacy have in marriage? I don't think much except in the bathroom. Uh, but again, that's also Amen another. That. Uh, I want to be able to clean the toilet with my beard in private. Well, don't. No, I was going to say, don't we all? But I don't. I don't want to be able to no. do that. Okay, okay, I'm good. Last thing, and David, you brought up the issue. You brought up the issue of being able to be a jerk online, but not in person. I think that's a significant thing to talk about. Um, I have found that Christians are more apt to criticize and debate and argue in mean-spirited sort of ways, or at least it's, you know, the tone of it without the context of laughter and, and body language, the mm-hmm. context the of, of it voice. sounds yeah. more vicious online than anybody 
would do in real life. You know, I noticed that uh, – shout out to Jeremiah Martin this week who gave us a five-star review on iTunes. He says, I love – this is Captain Cadaver. I love the Gospel Friends. They have created a great podcast but also a great community of encouragement and discussion at hallofdogma.com. Well, that's the ideal. We want that place to be a great community of encouragement and discussion. I think sometimes it can devolve into – Argument and criticism, and and I'm not a fan of that. There's a difference between debate and um, argument to me. Yes, there, there's a difference. Um, debating is good. Uh, being able to discuss things. I mean, that is what this podcast was uh, in, in a in a great sense. That's what it was about. I mean, we, uh, as I explained to uh, someone the other day, I mean, we. The whole idea was we used to go and sit down and have these conversations at Waffle House or wherever, and we would have deep conversations, and we didn't always see the eye to eye, eye, to eye on them. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of made a podcast out of that. Well, you know, we came at issues from different places often, and, and we would have debates on them. But you can do that with gentle, gentleness and respect and love. There's a difference between debating issues and being argumentative, arguing. Um, I think when you start to get into a place where you are uh, being critical, where you are – Quarreling? Uh, yeah. The Lord's servant must not quarrel? Arguing, fighting, um, where there's not love there. It's, it's, it's not a sense of, hey, yeah, we're, we're debating this issue. We're, we're kind of trying to see where the other person's coming from, but it's just – you know. Almost like just throwing things at each other, um, verbal jabs, uh, personal attacks, those kinds of things, which can happen very easily online yeah. uh, anywhere. I think that's where it crosses a line for a Christian that um, you know uh, that it that a line that should not be crossed. Yeah, I don't. I, I joined a uh, a Christian online Facebook group. Uh, last year, it was is one of the big ones. I'd say the name, but there's no point in it because the founders of the group had nothing to do with my experience. I was in there for a while, had some good discussions, but it just seemed like it. it there was so much criticism amongst Christians, so much argument, arguing, and backbiting, and really no grace for somebody to have a different opinion. Um, that I was like, look, I don't, I don't have time for this. I don't have the heart for this. This is not edifying. The, the, there's interesting things that happen. They discussed interesting things every day. But first, I just blocked the notifications, and then after a few days, I was done with it. And I haven't looked back. And I don't want the Hall of Dogma, which is a, a tremendous part of this show, HallofDogma.com, our Facebook group. I don't want it to become a place that degenerates into that. And I don't want any of our interactions online or our interactions on this show to be something that fuels the fire of uh, alienation, criticism, making people feel like they're on the outside because they have a different opinion or whatever. I actually think we – can't we all just get along is kind of what I'm saying well. in a very cliche sense. But we got to do a better job of that. Kumbaya. There's a – again, yeah, so I, I agree. There, there's a – I think this – I think the uh, – Social media, I think it's a great uh, tool that can that can be used for Christ and His kingdom. I think it's great for families. Um, it brings some dangers with it. 
And but I but I do think that it is easy to kind of get off the rails in social media. It's easy to do that in personal interaction with people that you're in community with anyway. But it's really easy to do that in, um, you know, online. So Second Timothy chapter two, just to read these verses um, that I think you referenced earlier: Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So there we have this call to pursue peace together. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. So I think that's interesting. I mean, one of the things that we do on this show is we bring up topics that – they're People, controversial sometimes. Sometimes controversial. I, I think, and, and I would be interested in, in maybe hearing other opinions, but to me what that verse is, is is don't bring up things that are just foolish controversies that you know if you bring it up is going to be nothing but a fight. Yeah. There's a difference in bringing up a topic like, all right, guys, there's a, there's a lot of different views on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What? What's your view on that from a biblical standpoint? There's a difference in doing that and then just bringing up I can't think of an example right now, but bringing up something that you just know this you, is going this is going to be like a match in uh, you know uh, to gasoline right here. Watch me yeah. throw this in here and watch what happens. There's a difference, and and the we're told to stay away from the ignorant, foolish controversies that you know breed quarrels. Uh, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. And here's here's verse 25. Correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. So I, I think if we are called to correct opponents with gentleness, I believe even more so we are called for our personal interactions among Christians to be gentle in social media and in real life. In real life. Yeah. That's good. Philippians 4, 5, let your graciousness be known to everyone, says the Holman Christian Standard Version. Uh, let your gentleness be known to everyone elsewhere. I think what you said, David, is a, is a great, great thing for us to ponder as Christians who broadcast, as Christians in social media, and and even us on the show. We, we talked about off air how we want to strike a balance between um, you know, being wise, being uh, being good-hearted, and not overly controversial, but also interesting and engaging, and not muted. That's not easy to do, but that's kind of the goal. That, that is the goal, and, and yes, absolutely. I am not speaking. Even us talking about this, we've had some conversations off the air this week. I'm not speaking from a position of. Um, I've got this. Yeah, I, I we don't. have not mastered this. I don't, I, and you can find plenty of times where I have on social media been um, went went down the wrong path uh, with attitude or tone. Uh, no doubt, probably in fifty episodes, you can find it on this show, and no doubt, Same um, here. even in the old show we did on Faith Today. So, a lot of maturing that I need to do. Uh, but we're, you know, we're reading the word, and we're on a journey together, and that's what Christianity, the Christian community, is supposed to be about. It's encouraging each other, um, rebuking each other at times, and we're all on this journey together, and, and we're pushing each other toward where we need to go: holiness, righteousness, and um, sanctification that the Holy Spirit's bringing. Amen. Amen, indeed. Well, that puts the wraps, gentlemen, on the uh, shortest episode of the Gospel Friends since Ever. the uh, well, since the fabled beta version that is not available to many people. Now, 
But we may make that available at some point. Well, we made it available to James Heiser, did we not? I think I sent him the, the file name. There we go. But it, as of for most people, it remains a mythical legend rarely seen, like the Gorgon or a Phoenix or some <laughs> such thing. Do we have any good you listener feedback this week as we head out? Um, that great, great, review, great review by Jeremiah Martin. That was a good review. I knew we didn't have a whole lot of time, so I didn't assemble a whole lot of uh, okay. listener feedback. We did have some. Not a lot of activity on the Twitter this week. but uh, A lot of stuff in the Hall of Dogma, but um, my mom had surgery this week. I haven't been in the Hall very much. It's yeah, been a, a busy, busy week. Nick's going to tell us as we get ready to leave how you can contact us if you would like to engage with us in the future. But, but I'm afraid of a manual. That's okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sh- you're sure? Manuel, you can hang up now. We won't talk about you anymore. I'm sorry, General. All right, so if you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple of ways to do it. You've got the Facebook group we've mentioned. Um, I think Jeff actually said it. Hallofdogma.com is a URL we've got that will point you straight to that. Or Facebook.com slash groups slash Hallofdogma. You've also got the Twitter um, profile the Twitter profile, not just mm-hmm. the Twitter, at my gospel friends. Uh, you can email us, thegospelfriends at gmail.com, and we've got a Google Voice associated with that, 205-575-9735, or for the international listeners and livers, speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends. Just send us any kind of feedback, questions you want answered, um, points of discussion, and if we agree with you, um, you're more likely to have them posted. And there's three of us, so there's probably one of us you will um, amuse in some degree. So I think that's it for now. Um, Tune in next week. Do I want to do this, Chase? Yes. I'm scared. Well, he looks ready, and that's the way we've ended the show the last few episodes, so don't let him down. He might post something nasty about you on social media. When you may hear David say, Hey, guys, I'm going to go cut this four acres of grass. Can I bring you anything while you watch TV? (laughs) Bite me. Jesus is a friend of mine.